Hey, and welcome to season two of Hormonally Speaking. I'm so glad you're here, whether it's your first time listening or you have been with us for a little while through season one. I never actually thought that I would start a podcast. I had, you know, been told by several people that I should over quite a bit of time. And as I often do, I'll think, yeah, that's not really what I want to be doing. And then I'll suddenly fall into it in a different way. And it really came from me wanting to just talk to what I see as people that are, you know, not only experts, but have something to add to this field of gut health and hormonal balance. There's so much information out there, but then there's so much that we miss out on as women if we, you know, just kind of have a traditional allopathic doctor, um, if we're not able to access functional medicine practitioners, and to me, getting out the information that is really cutting edge because there's so much that's being done in terms of research and, and work particularly on women's hormones now, that was not the case for all of time, you know, other than traditional methods that women use to deal with it in the past. um, Now we really have this opportunity to get to the root cause of our hormonal imbalances. And so much of that really is about gut health. And that's why we talk about gut health on here a lot. So I, you know, fell into it, fell into talking to people, and then suddenly a, a hormone summit came out, um, kind of developed from those original interviews, and then I just liked it so much I kept doing it. And lo and behold, we had an entire season of awesome episodes of Hormonally Speaking, so I highly recommend going back and listening to those if you miss them. Um, you know, if you listen to them before, there are definitely some that are worth going back over, you know, everything from PMDD to functional lab testing around gut health to, um, vaginal steaming to coffee enemas and liver cleanses. I mean, we got, we got a lot and there's much more to come this season because there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, you know, self-care practices that you can do that are really helpful and shift things tremendously. And I know a lot of people like learning about those, particularly everybody loves learning about coffee and musk. That was definitely a very popular episode. But today to kick off this new season, I'm super excited and really lucky to have Dr. Marisa, who is an incredible functional practitioner and women's health coach and best-selling author. She actually has seven books already out. An eighth one is going to come out next year. And we're talking about something that we all know that we deal with, but we don't really understand how much it is actually impacting not only our hormonal health, but also our gut health and our health overall. And what's fascinating about that is that we can actually get addicted to this thing. So what am I talking about? If you didn't see The title of this week's episode, it is all about stress and an addiction to stress because you can actually get addicted to it, which is what we dive deep into in this episode. And Dr. Marisa really, you know, shares her own experiences with that. That's why she can speak to it from such a profound place because she's dealt with that herself. And we talk about what, um, what you need to do to kind of, you know, crack that addiction and, and be able to 
work with your stress in a different way because we're all going to have stress, right? But there is the sort of going towards the stress because it gives us this high, you know, versus um, really trying to work with and mitigate our stress as much as possible and still get, you know, the things done we want to get done and live the life that we want to lead. So it's all about figuring out your own balance. And we go into all of that today. She gives a great, um, just like 30 second thing that you can do to get out of your stress state instantaneously, which we all need. Those little exercises add up to big things. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into that episode today. And I'm again, so excited that you're here. We love any time that you leave a review. Those are so helpful when you share this podcast with friends that may need it. Um, if you subscribe, that's so great. Then you won't miss out on any of the great interviews that we will be doing this season. Lots of good stuff to come. All right, let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Dr. Marisa Snyder is a functional practitioner, women's health expert, and the author of seven books, the number one national best-selling book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, focuses on balancing hormones with the power of essential oils. Other best-selling books are The Smart Mom's Guide to Essential Oils and The Dash Diet Cookbook. For the past 10 years, she has lectured at wellness centers, conferences, and corporations on hormone health, essential oils, nutrition, and detoxification. She's been featured on Dr. Oz, Oprah Magazine, Fox News Health, Mind Body Green, and many other publications. Dr. Marisa is also the host of the top-rated Essentially You podcast, designed to empower women to become the CEO of their health. Check out her website, drmarisa.com, for women's hormone tips, including recipes and remedies. Welcome, Dr. Marisa Snyder. It's so awesome to have you here. Thank you so much, Christine. It is such a pleasure, such an honor to be here with you today. Oh, my God. So we are talking about a topic that is, I think, so near and dear to so many women's hearts without them even realizing it, because it's such a huge impact on pretty much all of us these days, right? And it's such a huge impact on our hormones without a lot of women really being educated to the extent. And that, of course, is stress. And we are just bombarded with it left and right. And the thing is, I think, you know, a lot of us can get into complaining about stress Mm. and complaining about how many things we have to do. And yet, maybe there's an underlying, you know, addiction or issue going on without people realizing it. So I want to hear about your story with stress first. Let's start there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So my story with stress um, started when I was, I was in high school. Um, mm. I, um, I was abused as a child um, and abused throughout um, junior high and high school. And I remember um, I, there was a defining moment for me when I was 12 years old. Um, I was living um, with my dad and his evil wife. And I remember they, I knew that they weren't looking out for my best interest. And I remember sitting on the floor 
and I made a decision that I was going to find a way out of there. And the only way I knew how to do that was that I had to get smart real quick. I had been a D and C and F student most of my life. Mm -hmm. And my grandma had told me, my mother's mother had told me that, you know, you got to, you want to get smart, you hang out with the smart kids. Like there were these like little things I'd heard, you know, from different people. And I was like, I'm getting smart. (laughs) And so (laughs) I turned the ship around. Um, And in high school, I knew that getting into college um, was going to be was a was going to be a big step in that direction, and my my dad and his wife um, didn't care one way or the other if I went, and so I decided to go. I gunned it. I went full tilt, um, full throttle into all the activities and into my grades and everything. And I remember when I learned that you, if you could run during that five minute period from exchanging classes, you could actually get multiple activities done. I could go and go see the vice president or vice principal. I could go and run an assignment over to such and such. I could go, I was the editor of the newspaper. I could go do that. And so in like five minutes, I learned to always have tennis shoes on because I could run from one thing to the next. Right. And, um, and I, girl, I just kept running and I kept running and I kept running until I ran myself into severe chronic fatigue at the age of 30. And really what it stemmed from was a a deep-seated fear that even though I kept getting, I kept getting these wins, um, whether it was salutatorian in college or or high school, or whether it was honors in college or becoming a biochemist or whatever, chalking up the things, I kept running and I kept burning myself out. And little did I know even when I started seeing signs and symptoms around 25 years old, like I started needing a coffee at two o'clock in the afternoon, needing a kind bar or some little something, something to get me through the day. I didn't, I didn't attribute to that being a lot of stress. I was running on fumes. Mm-hmm. And when I would ask friends and family and colleagues and people in my life, you know, um, is this normal? I was starting to gain weight. My periods were getting more erratic. Um, I was having brain fog. I was definitely snippy snappy. I was sniffing at people. <laughs> um, was this normal? And everyone told me that, yes, this is, this is how women operate. Mm-hmm. This is, oh, you're, oh, you are an adult woman now. This is how women feel. This is how women, in order to do all the things and be all the things for all the people you've got to be, you've got to feel like this. And I was like, all right, well then I'm just going to keep doing me. Um, and I would leverage, um, I remember just, I would get these boosts of epinephrine or these boosts of adrenaline. And I would, I would leverage that as what I consider to be my slight, my slight edge. And, um, and it wasn't until one day, waking up and not being able to lift my head up off the pillow, crawling to my bathroom, trying to get into my office to see patients, um, that I, that I realized it all had added up over the Mm, years. mm -hmm. And I was addicted to stress. I had been addicted to stress and I had been, I just been addicted to survival mode. I honestly thought people were, someone was going to take it all away from me. And, um, I think a lot of us as women, especially standing on the shoulders of our moms or our grandmas, creating careers, stepping into the unknown of what's possible. Um, and what can, what I thought was endless possibility. I was like, well, I better just grab it all (laughs) up and hold on and then just elbow anybody who gets anywhere near me on it. Um, cause I thought that's how I get what I thought I was going to become successful. So that, and I always, my mom always telling me not only life was hard, she's like, life is hard. It's just mm-hmm. hard. That's it. But also if you want to be successful, you better, you're going to struggle to get yeah. there. Yeah. 
And so those were deep-seated beliefs that I believed. And then also coming from a Mexican family, women, you always put, you always put everyone else first. Mm -hmm. You're always last. So I had a lot of beliefs stacked in against me, kind of those disempowering beliefs that I just rode that wave of disempowering beliefs into chronic, chronic fatigue. Yeah. It's like you had both the like physical experiences that you were going through and then those underlying things too, those belief systems that really built up. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how many women, particularly, you know, in my twenties, I knew that, you know, we're all about, you know, work hard, play hard, right? They're like, I want to live, you know, live life to its fullest. And so as you really, you know, kind of talked about like, you know, focusing on adrenaline and epinephrine, it's like, yeah, this addiction really does kick in and women don't understand why they were able to go, go, go in their twenties. And suddenly they hit their thirties and they're like, uh, why do I feel this way? You know, and it progressively gets Gets worse. worse. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you do something to help it It out. It only gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, ladies, you know, and you're going to have to make some deep changes. So tell us a little bit about exactly how, you know, stress and anxiety impact our health. Mm, Absolutely. Um, So on a, so more on a physiological level, we think Mm -hmm. about the stress response system, which is what we're triggering, what we're up, up regulating or upgrading every time we are, we're, we're thinking we're running late or we are, we get a crazy text message or we think we left something on at the house, whatever that may be, or you just, or you're over committed, Mm -hmm. you know, know, if you're over committed, over obligated, um, your to-do list, you know, you're not going to finish that to-do list. I mean, what woman has a to-do list that they anticipate finishing yeah right ever (laughs) Ever. (laughs) yeah Uh, what woman isn't over committed just trying to fit it all in right those things you're constantly in a heightened state of um we have to we have to activate that sympathetic nervous system and we have to activate the stress response system and they're technically they're two systems that work in tangent one's driving hormones one's driving the central nervous system but they work in tangent together Mm -hmm. um Um, And when we have that system on 25, 50 times a day, given, um, eventually it's going to start chipping away. And ultimately what it starts chipping away at is our metabolic resilience. It chips away at our insulin regulation because we we co-elevate insulin with cortisol, which is our number one stress and survival hormone. You can't do the things (laughs) <laughs> you, if you don't got the, the reserves, the right. energy reserves, the ATP to do it. And so your body, when it's like, oh my God, we got to figure this out. We got to come up with, with these, these energy reserves. Um, your, 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 your hormones are having to signal out what, what they're needing, whether they need it or not. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of mis, mis, mis signaling. You end up revving up the thyroid one of the things that was happening to me when I was dealing with chronic fatigue, I just didn't know that this was happening. A lot of us just don't as I was dealing with cellular hypothyroidism mm. and it was, it was behind the scenes. It was happening very insidious. It's when our cells are perceived danger, stranger danger. Mm-hmm. And what ultimately ends up happening, if your cell perceives stranger danger, if your mitochondria, the little, the little powerhouses inside of your cells say to the realize like, Oh, oh like she's way stressed. Like there, there's way too much going on here. I need to shut this train down right now. What your cells will do, because what, what T3 hormone does is it activates your cells 
to turn on and do stuff. It's, mm -hmm. It activates your cells' metabolism. Mm -hmm. And that means your cells are like, your cells are like, I don't got energy to do this <laughs> right now. Right. I'm right. kind of freaking out because I think it's dangerous. And so your, what your cells will do is they will start to turn off the receptors for T3. Mm. So that T3 can't bind anymore to that cell. Mm. Also, cells send out a message, an SOS message to nearby cells that say, hey, I don't know about you, but things got real dangerous over here. I just want to give you a heads up that I'm not feeling this. I think you should act. And so that the next cell will then start to turn off the T3. And so a little do I know this is happening and come four years down the road, maybe five years down the road, um, I have real hypothyroid. I have real Hajimoto's. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't even know to look at these things. And so I just want to speak to how insidious chronic stress can be inside of the body is it, it, it works us on a cellular level. It works us on a hormone level. And it also works us on, a, um, on an emotional level as yeah. well. I think that stress over time really does turn into anxiety um, and turns into brain fog and um, just has us, we're just more triggered up um, that, you know, so anything, I remember just being in a state of like, I wish I wish, I wish someone would like just always being in that ex, that little tipping point state. Someone say the wrong thing right now and see what happens. This little, this little Latina is going to pop off, you know? And so that is so, so often I cannot tell you, I was like, somebody bring it yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. For you and you're just on the edge yeah, just, yeah. Uh, you're just always at that tipping point yeah. and and you know that tipping point and how you can kind of gauge if you are stressed is pay attention to how people are responding to you mm -hmm. are people kind of like kind of you you can feel their um restriction um you can mm -hmm. feel their hesitation like that's oftentimes a sign that we're in a straight a stress state and have no idea mm -hmm. you know how are people having to respond to what i'm doing how i'm acting in the world Right, right. That's a really good point. I want to ask you a question about yeah. the cellular hypothyroidism. Mm -hmm. Is that something that, you know, if you're testing, so, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, they don't test free T3, right? They just look at TSH, maybe free T4, and the active hormone is, is the T3. Um, will that show up on a thyroid test early on, or is that kind of like it's not going to really show up until you're already in full-blown hypothyroidism? Yeah, it's not going to show up. That's That's the... That is the, um, and more and more research is coming out about cellular hypothyroidism. I don't mm -hmm. think we knew that it was happening on a cellular level first mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. the last, um, I would say five plus years when mm -hmm. we really started to discover that this was going on. Um, but T3 could be a good indicator. What, looking at any level, any, any hormone levels, if you're feeling fatigued, brain fogged, you're feeling like your, your cycle is off sync, um, you, are, you are dealing with um, major cravings, um, you know, constipation, sluggish digestive system, anything like that. The second that you know, I go get tested and have look at functional lab. So often um, medical doctors, we know that their normals are skewed. They're way too, they're way too um, broad. Mm -hmm. And so what, what would be considered early stages of like a cellular hypothyroidism may actually even look almost normal, like normal thyroid labs. Definitely your, your GP, even right. your endocrinologist would potentially say, oh, these are normal. Yeah. I remember, um, I, I cannot tell you, I've, I've had GPs look at my thyroid labs and I'm just, I just giggle because I'm like, <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> 
You're like, let me tell you, actually. You actually, <laughs> yeah. this is a clear indicator yeah. that something yeah. isn't right. Um, and so, yeah, always, you know, looking. And thank goodness, you know, there's lots of great books out there. Dr. Isabella Wentz's, yep. The Hajimoto's Protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Amy Myers has got a great book. Mm-hmm. There's just, there are thyroid books that will give you the normals. I have, I have normals in a lab. I have a big lab report where mm-hmm. I have true you know, really narrow normals to be mm-hmm. looking at because so often we are, we are missing the boat and women aren't getting diagnosed with a thyroid issue until, you know, six to 10 years after right. they've been showing signs for it. Right. It is one of the biggest things I feel like I have to educate my clients on because I'll, I'll say, you know, I like to look at your thyroid labs just to kind of, you know, o- oversee and see what's going on. And they're like, oh yeah, they're always normal, you know, and I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, right. And to explain the difference between what optimal is and what the reference range of normal, which is insane. I mean, you know, TSH only tells us a little bit anyway, but like, it's like, I think up to five or something. Up to five. Considered like normal. Double. <laughs> yes. What double should, what right. normal is. Right. I'm like, no, you're in trouble, Yeah, girl. Your, t- your poor thyroid is just like, oh my God, what is going on? You know, your pituitary is like, come on. <laughs> like, Absolutely. let's make this happen. So um, I, I, that's really interesting. I hadn't heard much about the cellular hypothyroidism, so I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think it's so important for women to really start young, um, paying attention to their thyroid, because that is such a huge impact on the hormonal shifts and changes that they're going to go into in perimenopause. So. And I think we're going to see more and more women, unfortunately, getting diagnosed with hypothyroidism, mainly because of the burnout component. Mm -hmm. If you've got got a thyroid issue, you absolutely have a chronic fatigue issue. You've got Mm -hmm. a stress response issue. You have an HPA access issue, an hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. Now, it may not always be that your your adrenals are fully compromised, Mm -hmm. but definitely we know that the conversation between the brain and the adrenals and the pathways in between something, you know, we know that everything's working over time to make mm-hmm. all of that work. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anytime we see a thyroid, I see a thyroid issue and here's the other thing. And I, and I, I'm not trying to scare people. I'm just trying to share what has happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get my labs ran all the time, I, yep. especially with my thyroid. We're always checking them every, every 90 days. And I run Dutch tests all the time as well. Um, mm-hmm which is a, a, a basically we're looking at urine, urine metabolites of our hormones, which is so important because we really get to see what's going on in terms of our pathways. Mm-hmm. And my stress damage is so, it's so longstanding. Mm. I, I just, I just move the needle a notch. And <laughs> I'm just looking at these and I'm just like, man, yeah, come on. long-term damage that yeah. I've done. And also I'm not going to pretend like it's always easy to be who you were and then to be some person entirely. And so I feel like maybe, you know, I'm always kind of, I'm, I mean, who I am today is not who I was, you know, at 30, at 30 years old, I'm Mm -hmm. 40 now. And, but have, have I pushed the limits? Have I, you know, had a a book launch or have I had, you know, something that I thought was really worth fighting for to go for it. And, and, um, you know, we, we can get so caught up in our mission being driven by our mission, being driven by our passion and not realizing that in that process, um, we are also driving, we're, we're beginning to drive ourselves back into the ground as well. So there's that, that fine 
balance of, you know, loving what you do so much that you don't think of it as work at all. You, it's a part, it's literally in your blood, in your cells. It's literally just as much as of you mm-hmm. as your hormonal imbalances are, yeah. you know, and, um, and, and that can, that can absolutely, um, kind of mess with, with your equilibrium. And so it hasn't been a perfect ride since 30 years old for me. Um, but I've done so many things right. And yet, um, I'm, I, st- I have to be so diligent um, every single day on taking care of my body, taking the supplements, eating the right foods, meditating, self-care. I mean, girl, the list. The list is- of taking care of ourselves. Oh, my God. The <laughs> list of non-negotiables today <laughs> right. for me. Um, so that I can just show up in the world the way that I want, the mm-hmm. way that I, I really want to serve women, um, show up in my, in my family, show up in my friendships, you know, be yeah. the woman I always wanted to be for the people from in my life. Um, there's a lot that got to go on yeah. every day. Um, and, and then looking at the labs, there are definitely days where I'm discouraged, where I'm just like, man, I feel like I'm doing so much here. But our bodies are very delicate and our systems are delicate and, and we can absolutely burn pretty hard, you know, as I did. And it take a long time for that recovery period. And so if I can, the reason why I'm sharing this story today is if I can offer any solutions that we can start doing in our 20s and our early 30s so that you don't have longstanding chronic stress issues and cellular resilience issues. Um, that's why I'm really happy to be having this conversation. Yeah. And you made so many good points in, in that, that last bit that, you know, I just want to kind of note, cause I'd say, you know, the, the biggest, um, group of women that listen to this podcast are in that like 30 to 45 range. Um, and I think it is so important for them to hear that, you know, even an expert, you know, the work is continuous. Like you don't do this for three months or six months or a year. And then you're like golden, right? Like it really has to be a permanent lifestyle shift to where you put yourself first. Right. And, and that doesn't mean that um, you're not going to do everything else that you can for other people in your life and for your work and all that. You have to keep bringing it back to this thing, even when it kind of goes against another part of yourself, like you were saying, because it's like you love your work and you want to be out in the world doing that as much as you can, but you really can't fully do that unless you take care of yourself. And so um, it, it can be a hard conversation sometimes with clients, you know, when they're like, well, how long do I need to do this? And I'm like, some of this Forever. stuff. I know. Like, you know, and there's going to be, you may not do this one thing forever. Yeah. Like you're not going to be taking this one supplement forever, but there's going to be another one <laughs> that's going to come in its place, you know? And I that's know. just the reality of like, I mean, we live in an environment that's pretty toxic, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's pretty amazing how well our bodies do considering all the toxic oh stuff coming at us. And then no matter what, we still live in a culture that is go, go, go. And so working against that is... Uh, a consistent, right? To not like fall into that all the time. And then there are going to be moments, like you said, book launches is for that. We're going to push a little bit past because that's just reality. And then it's like, well, do you have a, a kind of like plan to really take some breathing room afterwards too, you know, and let your system reset. Um, and know that, you know, you may, may never have labs that are absolutely perfect. 
you know, and and I'd love to see some perfect. (laughs) I'm like, nobody has labs that are perfect, but we're always tweaking, always tweaking. And this is what, you know, those of us that are doing this work in the world, we still have to do that so much for ourselves continuously. So we get where people are at. We get that it can be frustrating when you're like, oh my God, I've done all this work. And like, here I am. And I'm still having these, you know, this issue or that issue. But I like to look at those, like, like you were talking about, like how much has actually changed in 10 years and really focusing on, you know, I think sometimes we forget how bad things were when we start to feel better, right? Because we're like, oh, Oh, well, I still like, I feel this pain or I feel that, you know, and it's like, but remember, you also had this, 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 and this going on before. And now you have the energy to get through your day or, you know, things like that. And so really looking at those wins a lot of the time and keeping those at the forefront. Absolutely. Keeping the wins. There's so many ways that we get to celebrate our, our wins. And yeah, I cannot tell you how many conversations someone will ask me, well, how long do I take magnesium? I'm like, girl, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, need how long that do magnesium. I have to eat like this? I'm like, well, how long do you want to feel like this? <laughs> exactly. I, I'm always like, well, you can always try that food again and see how it makes you feel. Cause yeah. usually, you know, yeah, I just had a client the other day. Um, and she, you know, had a dairy, a pretty strong dairy intolerance on the food intolerance test that we'd run. And she was like, it's been maybe six months. And she's like, I'll just try a little took, I know a ice cream, a little, a little something, just no. a little something. Oh my God. I took her down for two days. She was like, I don't know if I'll ever eat dairy again. And I'm like, you probably will try it again, but it, it you know, especially when you've removed it, and it's really something that just doesn't work with your body, you feel it like instantly. You, you pay the price. Yeah, it's coming for you. The yeah. gluten is the same thing too. Gluten, my mama, yes. <laughs> I've taken my mother off gluten so many times. I'm like, mama, it is not for you. And yeah. then she'll have like a little, like a little yeah. something and it'll floor her yeah. for a day and a half. And she'll yeah. call me and she's like, Marisa. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I told don't know you. what you're looking for from me. I told you. <laughs> Like there's nothing I can do to change that. I'm sorry. Luckily, Mama, there's other options. Yeah. I mean, like in same same with dairy options. Yeah. You know, I don't even think about dairy um, because we've got almond milk, organic almond milk, cashew, and we've got cashew, cashew everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cashew ice cream yeah. or whatever. I mean, yep. there are and those are still treats. Yeah, those are treats. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, um, and so. We, we do have a lot. I mean, thank goodness we, you know, so many of us are struggling with inflammation because that's really what that is, Christine, mm-hmm. right? Inflammation. I know, I know what stress is doing to me. Mm-hmm. It's inflammation and I know what certain foods are. And I think a long time I learned, you know, especially in that, it took me two years to really heal from that chronic fatigue. And, mm, and it yeah. wasn't like I wasn't doing the right things. I just, I think the big, the big moment for me is I didn't realize what beliefs were driving me back to the ground. Mm. And until I finally saw those, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, I just can't green smoothie my way out of this. Right. I can't supplement right. my way out of this. I've right. got a, what's the core driver for me here? Mm-hmm. Why am I continuing to do the same thing over and over again? Mm-hmm. And, um, and expecting a different result because right. I'm taking, I'm drinking green smoothies over right. here. Um, and so you know, getting to those beliefs are going to be so key. But then what I realize is every day we are making decisions every day, every morning, I get to decide whether I Tasmanian devil myself into my day, mm-hmm. or I do my meditation. I do my journaling. I drink my matcha tea. I, you know, I, it's, it's really about those every, every meal I mm-hmm. choose what I put into my body. And so I believe that our health is just made up of a million little decisions. And every yeah. day, 
we get to make those decisions. Um, and, and if we, and if for some reason it doesn't go the way that we want, we get to start again tomorrow. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's how I've always looked at it is I'm just trying to bite that elephant one little bite at a time. And, um, I don't give myself a hard time about it. I know that I get another day. If I, if I, if I have not made the best decisions, if I chose to work till three in the morning, mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't have been doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know I get a reset the next day. I know, um, I get to bring back those, those non-negotiables that I know are so necessary for me. Yeah. So I, I don't want women to beat themselves up, um, about that. It just note that every little supplement you take is a little win in the right direction. Every mm-hmm. little smoothie you drink is the win in the right direction. Every, every time that you say no to those potato chips, I'm you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you know that they're causing inflammation in your body, mm-hmm. I'm not a bit, I'm not a fan of, of telling people you have to you know, break up with these foods or these foods are bad. We just know how we feel, Yep. Uh, you know, and if it doesn't feel good for you, um, it's always a win when we, when we really take care of our bodies, the way that our bodies love it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so that's how I always think about things. It, it's not, it's the little hinges that are swinging the big doors yeah. that I'm looking for in this journey. And it, this journey, it never ends. Right. You know, there in the last 10 years, have there been some really great chunks of time? Hell yes. Mm -hmm. Have there been some really challenging chunks of time? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's always fluid. It's always, it's always shifting. And, um, as long as we're being, we're open to that and we're always looking to really take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. in this, in this world where women are trying to find their footing, Mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of how we've learned to do careers and to do business is with masculine energy. Um, I think we're still trying to figure out how do we create the success that we deserve, that we are, we have the talents and the gifts to create in, in our own energy, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. And so we're still figuring that out. This, this is like one of the first generations where women are running careers, CEOs, you know, um, showing up in the world in a massive way. And we're navigating what that feels like and looks like. How do we do that for our physiology? How do we show up for our family at the same time? And so I think that's the reason why we see so much upheaval besides the toxins and the environment and mm-hmm. all the other things that we've got going on. Um, you know, just trying to find my footing in, um, in doing it the way that feels good and I'm still creating what I want. Yeah. And those first 10 years, I, I just, I thought the man's way, right. <laughs> the masculine way was the way to the only way. That's the only thing we knew, right? It's I mean, the only I, thing I knew, I feel like the discussion around, um, running businesses from a feminine perspective has really just been in the last few years. And it's really, you know, just been a discussion. And it, it, like you said, it's like women are really trying to figure out, well, how does that actually show up? How does that actually work? Because we can kind of talk about it, but then it's just so easy to fall back, especially with how much, you know, we're on social media now and we see all these other people doing all these things. And it's just this constant reminder of like the hustle. I mean, like, you know, hustle, the grit, grit. right. Became this like power word in, you know, a few years ago. And so it was this badge of honor, you know, and, and I get it. And I'm not trying to take away from any of that. And I've done it too, but I know that, you know, for me that directly like led me to a massive fibroid growth. And so that way of working was not working for my body. And, you know, that's what I try and um, just talk to women about, you know, all of us are really trying to find that way of like, how can I work with my body and do the work I want to do in the world? And everything that you're saying is like, how we have to have what we have to do at base, 
in order to, to really um, show up in the world, I think, in the way that we want to, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think we get a lot ex extra grace required yes. um, for all of us trying to figure that and navigate with that. Um, you know, my mom, um, um, who was always kind of a role model for me, um, my, my grandfather was, you know, a male entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, growing up um, and he established pretty strong values in my mom and my uncles, um, very masculine values. And mm -hmm. I remember watching that with my mom. My mom had her power suits on. She had this walk and this switch like I've never Love known. Love it. And, and I remember just, she had this power walk and she always was owning, she had ownership, she had confidence. Mm -hmm. She was, I don't know where she was. She was going somewhere all the time. Like she, <laughs> Did she like walk really fast oh, yeah, too? It was I imagine. Just, yeah. yeah. And she, you could hear her keys. Um, cause she was a single mom. And so we yeah. would be at summer camp or, or after school camp. And she was like the milf milf of the, of, um, of <laughs> oh, all the kids and all the, the summer camp, um, counselor men, like the like, hey. kids were just like, Oh, here comes Jody. And you know, it just, <laughs> you know, always seen that growing up. And I was like, okay, this is how powerful women are. This is right. how powerful women show up. And, and then the language, you know, my mama would use is like, you're going to have to fight for your success. You're going to mm. have to elbow your way up to the top. You're going to have to. And I was just like, okay, all right, I'll yeah. check, check, check. I'm checking off all these boxes of the things I was told I need to do to, to create any level of success. You know, right. um, you know, this is a woman coming up in the, in the eighties and the nineties looks very different than someone coming up in, you know, 2020. Yeah, so, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a lot of the books, a lot of our success books, even written by women are written in, in a masculine way. And, um, I still think, yeah, extra grace required for many of us who are trying to still figure out what that looks like. Yeah. And to me, self-care is an, is, is, it has to be a part of that conversation. It's gotta be a non-negotiable and luckily right. there's so many ways to get it in. Yeah. Um, I always say self-care is, it's, 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 it's a must for survival, um, Absolutely. with today. Cause you know, women are not only wearing the hat of, you know, of running careers or even running businesses, but also, you, you know, if you're a mama, you're a mama. Like there's no changing that. Yep. And, you're turning uh, that off. Yeah. No. And so that's, those are lots of hats to wear and, and lots of roles to play and, and navigating all of that and the guilt that comes with that can, and it just is very exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. And I always like to point out to people, cause I think there, you know, became a, sort of popularized uh, vision of what self-care means. And don't get me wrong, I love massages, get massages all the time, you know, but that's getting massages and drinking wine is not really the self-care that women need, right? Like yeah. that's a, like, you know, the massages are good, but it's a Band-Aid. The, the wine is its thing, you know, it's its own thing. Um, and I'm not putting down anybody that drinks wine and I do on occasion, but, um, true self-care looks very different, right? It's, it's about, for me, it's about like getting really quiet because there's all of this going on all the time, right? That's getting all that stress going on inside of me all the time. And so I really have to get quiet and, you know, I found the ways that work for me. And so it's like for each woman, like what works for you to actually get quiet, you know, Absolutely. So, so you can disengage from all of that chaos going on. Yeah. Self-care may be boundaries. Yeah. Self-care may be yeah, saying no to people yeah. who you need to say no to. Self-care may be getting rid of toxic people. Yes. Um, yes. Who are not, who are not putting, saying what, putting into your ear, what you're looking to hear. Mm -hmm. um, Self-care is supplementation. Self-care mm -hmm. is nourishing your body. Um, Self-care is, yeah, taking that moment to quiet your mind. Self-care is gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's self-care are these little, these are these little things that don't have to cost 
any money at all. Yep. Um, and, and self-care is done. I say throughout, it's all throughout the day. I do self-care in the morning, self-care in the evening, throughout the day. I, self-care is checking in with yourself. Yes. Yeah. And seeing what you need. Cause so often we don't know how to ask ourselves what we need. I've, I've asked so many women, you know, do you, do you even know, like, have you checked in with yourself lately? And they're like, huh? Yeah. Or my favorite <laughs> is to ask, like, do you know what you love? Like I have this thing where I love, um, I I've created, um, I share is creating a joy list mm. and having 10 things that are absolutely free that you love to do. Mm-hmm. And 10 things that maybe, maybe it's like your favorite matcha, mm-hmm. you know, your matcha at your favorite little cafe, or maybe it's, it's flowers at Trader Joe's that you mm-hmm. love to bring into your house. Like nothing super grandiose, but something that really just makes you happy and brings you joy. Mm-hmm. And so often I, women have never even asked themselves right. what they love or what brings them joy. Right. Um, and that's, that can easily be integrated into self-care. Those little wins where every time you walk in the door and you see those beautiful flowers that cost you $5.99 or whatever, right. that those like, they just bring a little smile to your face. It, it can be so simple as that. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. I rarely get massages. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, just speaking to wine and I, you know, I love me some wine. Mm-hmm. I, we go to Italy, we buy lots of wine when we go there. Mm-hmm. But as I'm noticing, as I'm getting older and I'm just speaking for myself, although I've done the research too, <laughs> Um, is that our livers, you know, we I talked a lot about um, when you were on my podcast about mm-hmm. the liver and mm-hmm. estrogen dominance and, and, um, and, you know, our, our liver detoxification pathways. I'll tell you what, your liver is not a fan. It is. The older you get. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I feel like it's really that perimenopausal time oh, yeah. in particular, right? Like okay. I know women that actually after menopause, they can handle wine better again. Like it's very mm-hmm. interesting, but um, yeah, ooh, it changes. <laughs> it does change. And I just want to just bring the highlight to that. I know yeah. so often we're, we're leveraging wine to wind down and to relax. And, and yes, we, we do deserve that little thing, but I just want to just, if you do see yourself exhibiting signs of estrogen dominance, maybe you're struggling with migraines, maybe it's fibrocystic breast, maybe it's heavy bleeding, maybe it's um, gas and bloating or, or PMS symptoms that just feel like just wildly erratic. It may be worth um, just seeing what happens if you put, put wine to the side for just, you know, 30 days. Right. Just try it. I, I wish, I wish that wine wasn't (laughs) doing that to me. I've got amazing (laughs) bottles of wine in my house. And I just, I remember telling, I was sitting down with my husband one day, like just like really a, a, like real strong moment where I was like, I think, honey, I don't think I can do this, do this yeah. anymore. Yeah. I don't, I, every day I wake up the next day, just one glass of wine, wine. and I'm one. Mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't fire on all cylinders in yeah. an episode. I can't show up for people in a, mm-hmm. the way I want. And he's just like, I'm so sorry. I know. Like, he's like, you, I'm a male but... and I don't have to even think about any yeah. of this stuff. You know, you're and like, I'm whatever. Just, <laughs> right. It's just the reality. And having that conversation to him is more a little bit of like, just me working, working it through. There's something yeah. to be said of having to finally come to terms with that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I just wanted to speak to it because I know so often we don't necessarily, we don't always feel or notice. Um, but especially when we kind of hit that 40, 35, 40 year old, 40 mark, 40 year old mark, we be, I began to notice that women are exhibiting signs. It's just not, it's not, 
a glass of wine isn't as easy as it used to be. No, I know. And I, I've, I've heard many a woman bemoan that, right? They're like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. I just had a glass and I feel hungover. And I'm like, I know, girl, I know. <laughs> um, I want to go back to, you know, you made such great points of um, things that women can do for self-care, which I think is really important because it is this kind of like term that a lot of women don't really know what that means. And these, those things are so important to understand. And, you know, I thought about one of the things that I started um, just, I'd noticed a while ago, but really started concretely trying to shift my perspective around or um, just be cognizant is, you know, like talking about a to-do list and getting to the end of my day and being like, damn it, like I didn't get this done. I didn't get this one. And just recently I've been like, let me look at all the things I did get done. And do that focus on all the things that I actually did get done that day. And it's amazing how different I feel. Like I feel like accomplished at the end of the day versus looking at the stuff that I did not get done, you know? So it's like self-care can even show up in those ways because we're constantly beating ourselves up as women of not doing enough in our lives with the unending to-do lists, you know? No, women have not been taught to celebrate wins. Yeah. You know, not I've at not all. been taught. Um, and another way you could form that too. So I, I book in my morning and my evening with gratitude. Mm. And my morning, it's written down. And in the evening, I have this little crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at my bedside. I actually have a couple couple crystals. Got um, crystals, of course. I, I have a crystal. <laughs> yeah. um, whatever crystal's feeling good to me that night. Yeah. And I, um, I, you know, I, tell, I say thank God in the universe for all of the mm. things, all the things that I'm grateful for that day. Mm-hmm. All the wins that I'm grateful for that day. All the little things that happened that it was just beautiful and sunny, um, that my husband helped me out in this one particular project, you know, just anything and everything. And Mm -hmm. it usually takes me a little over, you know, almost two minutes to get through all of the things that I'm grateful for. Mm. Even if I've had a crap day. Yeah. Like the kind of, I'm just like, can we just get this day over with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. (laughs) You're like, nothing good happened today. Get to tomorrow already. Um, And I still, you know, I do this gratitude ritual and it's such a game changer for me. It it just Mm. changes perspective. It, it really opens. I always think your gratitude opens the door for endless possibility. Yes. And so even if it's just that, you know, just being grateful for these little things, it doesn't have to be a bunch. It could be just three. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it could also be gratitude for your wins. I, I have this mirror exercise that I always talk about where at the end of your day, um, you go to the mirror and you first, um, you first, you have your little your gratitude then you celebrate all the things that you accomplished that day. And at the very end of that exercise, you tell yourself that you love yourself. Mm. I, you say, I love you. And it is the most uncomfortable exercise. <laughs> of course. To tell yourself that the hard thing is to tell yourself that you love yourself yeah. and, you know, and, and how much you're grateful for all the things that you did that day for your, mm. you know, for your family, for everything that you do. And it's a really, really powerful exercise. I always tell people to give them give themselves 30 days to do this mirror exercise and see how things begin to shift in their life. I'm adding that one to my list. So thank you very much. (laughs) So one thing I know we talked a little bit, but I wanted to kind of just dive in a little bit more too. What is, uh, you know, the, like actually getting addicted to stress chemicals? Like what is that all about? Absolutely. Such a great question. So basically what happens when we, 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 so perceive stress. So you and I could be in the, we could be walking together, Mm-hmm. Um, doing our thing. We're going shopping, mm-hmm. um, whatever, whatever we love, we're going to go get a matcha latte and something could happen in front of us. Maybe there was an accident or maybe we were involved in an accident. Maybe some, some guy ran into us or something. And depending on our, our experiences, our past traumas, um, our personality, um, that, that incident, that incident 
could look very different for you than it looked very different for me. And so our perceived stress response system, so we call it perceived stress, right, is based on what we perceive that stressor to be. Mm. What we do know is that over time, as our obligations stack and things begin to kind of feel, you know, just overloaded, that that, that perceived stress response system is easier to trigger off. Mm. And so that is because of um, our, what we call inside the limbic brain. Um, we have a hypothalamus, pituitary, all of like the hormone master center, but we also have the amygdala. And I call the amygdala the stranger danger center. Mm. It's constantly sensing, especially as women. I remember my grandma taught me, oh my God, my grandmother, my mother's mother. I, she, she sounds amazing. <laughs> she's something else. So she, she is always, she's always had stranger danger signals on. So as a little girl, like literally at the age of four, I knew to put um, keys in my knuckles, mm, right? Because Where it's like out like that. <laughs> someone could kidnap you and steal you. And that woman I remember was like that. high alert. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm ready. Nobody's and, kidnapping my daughter or my granddaughter. Yeah. She fired up our amygdalas way early uh, in life. I bet, I bet, and so, yeah. um, and so, you know, and my grandma was always just, and I don't, I think she had, she never has told anyone, but I think she had a lot of trauma when she was a little girl, right. things had gone awry. And so yeah. for her, um, and so when we, when we have those types of issues that happen, whether they're traumas and we know that traumas come in so many forms, they can be big T's, they could be little T's, mm -hmm. um, either way, those traumas, they're stored in our amygdala. And, um, and when, anytime we sense a search circumstance, whether it is a deadline whether it's a stranger that we think is following us, whether it's a to-do list that doesn't end, we trigger up that amygdala. And what happens is that amygdala sends um, chemical signals to the hypothalamus that says stranger, danger, mm. high alert. And your brain doesn't know the difference between a tiger or a bear and a deadline. It right. just doesn't. And so as, as we continue to stack the plate, um, we can trigger up the stress response system up to 50 times a day. And it's much higher in women than it is in men. Mm -hmm. and, um, and not to say that men aren't in high stress scenarios and high stress jobs. They absolutely are. Um, so it definitely can happen in men as well. And every time we, we turn and we upregulate that, the HPA axis, the, our, our survival mode, we dump initially, initially, if it's acute, it's epinephrine and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And we, we dump that first. Um, and that, that allows us to freeze, fight, whatever we got to do. It's, it's that, it's that, it's what I call the, that slight edge. Right. And so that's that. And that's coming from your energy. adrenals, right? That's coming from yeah. your adrenals. So yeah. So um, your, your brain sends a message to the adrenals, the adrenals dump epinephrine and, and, and adrenaline like that. Mm -hmm. And that, especially at two o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock in the afternoon, that can feel like extra energy. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you're like, whoa, uh, yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> and, um, and that's the thing. That would be the thing. I remember I would, I would get like, my dad would be on a deadline. And mm -hmm. so many of us as women, the reason why we keep ourselves maybe um, hyper-scheduled mm -hmm. is that we're rushing to the next thing. We love that rushing to right. the next thing. Ooh, I, yes. remember, <laughs> I would rush to somewhere and I had nowhere to be. Right. I, I don't know if that's ever happened to women who just rush to the next yeah. thing, but they don't have to be there. <laughs> You don't even have to. No, you're not on a schedule. Right. <laughs> it's I could, just that you 
run, I, you're running. Yeah. <laughs> and I can think about like for myself, like just this feeling um, like that surge maybe made me feel more important in some ways yeah. or something like that, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. More important, more busy. Yeah. And you, you find women who are saying things like, um, I'm busy. I've got to go. Yeah. Um, I've got something to go. I got something to do. I don't have time for this. You know, um, I, I'm all those, that languaging, you know, that's, that's the language of a rushing woman. Yes. You know, someone who is struggling with rushing women's syndrome, but I, there were times where I would, um, I would do things. I was always running on efficiency. And so let's say I was, um, heating something up. Maybe it was even a cup of tea or something, or maybe it was like a, like I was heating up a meal or putting something in the oven. Like I would put it in there. I would take a shower wow. get my, and I could, I could, t- I could have everything timed in five minute increments. Like I could do these micro things. And, and it was this little, like I, I would just get this rush from yep. like trying to meet my deadline, my own little yeah. self-preserved deadline, or even getting gas at the gas station. I, there, nobody can beat me getting gas. No one can beat me. <laughs> No one can beat me peeing. I feel like, <laughs> like a guy. I'm the fastest I'm, female peer in the world. Peer in the world. Like if you're in line behind me, it's your lucky day. <laughs> I will be in and out of there faster than the guy who just walked into the men's room. Right. <laughs> and so um, I can get in and out of an airport. I've timed myself in and out of TSA. Like this isn't a this is an addictive stress personality. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, and not even knowing. Not yeah. just having- I love that you're bringing up all these specific little things, though, because I think women can, like, see themselves in it, you know, versus, like, oh, I, this is me just being efficient or this is me just being, you know, like, multitasking. But mm-hmm. it's like there is this underlying thing that's going on. Oh, yeah. you can, And you can't do those things without – kicking in yeah. because your body thinks you're in emergency mode. It doesn't realize you're just trying to be efficient, right? It, you know, and you're, and you're also leveraging those chemicals. And so that's where we, that's where the addiction begins to form. Mm-hmm. And, and again, most of us don't know what's happening. We just think we're getting that little extra something mm-hmm. to get through where, where it becomes insidious. I mean, it's one thing to rev up adrenaline and norepinephrine, epinephrine, and then the next hormone that comes in, you know, a couple minutes later is going to be cortisol. Mm-hmm. And cortisol is for sustained stress response. And whether you know it or not, whether you just think you're being efficient or not, whether you're keeping yourself on a deadline, you are, that is coursing through your body. Mm-hmm. And that is longstanding. And that's where we start to see the effects and damage of chronic stress. Chronic stress makes you, drops your IQ. You know, you, when you're in survival mode, you don't need to solve a math problem. You need to get through the next thing. And so you turn off the prefrontal cortex, you activate the limbic system. And so we, we start to, we're, we're, we make very fast reactive decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And you'll just notice that, you know, and, and yeah, it can work to your favor, but it also can work to your detriment. Um, also the other thing is you start to, again, you start to upregulate insulin. Your mm-hmm. body just thinks that you need to be able to get that glucose. Right. And so that begins. So you'll start to see abdominal belly fat. Then you'll start to see the thyroid labs start to change, but you'll feel but you'll also start to just feel tired and it won't, you won't feel tired initially in the morning. You'll feel tired in the afternoon or about five o'clock. You'll hit that dip. And then you'll need something to get through your day or you'll find yourself at night and your brain just won't shut off no mm-hmm. matter what the mental chatter just goes. And you're, you know, that's when you need that glass of wine to get to shut the system down. Um, and then what you'll start to begin to see is that you start waking up 
no matter how much time you had in bed, how much sleep you got, you're going to start waking up exhausted. Still exhausted. Because, yep. Because that cortisol, so there's an, a, a, what we have a cortisol awakening response mm -hmm. and it's a little surge that happens every morning when you wake up and it's what gets you from in bed to out of bed. Yep, exactly. Yes. I'm like, it's nature's coffee, even though coffee comes Exactly. Through. It's your body's you coffee. You want to get your booty out of bed, yeah. you need that boost. Yeah. yeah. And what, also, what ends up happening is that you've been leveraging it over here you don't have it so much in the morning. And so all of us, you just can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And that's when you know you have got a situation. In trouble. You got, you're yeah. in trouble now. Yeah. You, you kind of, you're kind of, you, now you've got some massive repair that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad you brought up the, you know, the cortisol and insulin connection. Cause I don't think everybody sort of understands as that. Yeah. As that cortisol is upregulating, you know, the insulin responses is, is um, there's starting to be issues there and your blood sugar is going up. And so um, those go hand in hand, you know, I feel like a lot of people have kind of talked about, a lot of people know cortisol is the stress response, maybe because of the belly fat thing, but it, you know, what happens after a while is your body just, it's like, we've been producing too much cortisol for too long. Right. And then like, you're talking about the exhaustion kicks in because now your, your body's down regulating that cortisol. Right. Yeah, and It has it, to, it has yeah, to protect you to survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, when your your immune system, you can tell oh, me if I'm wrong. I want wrong. to talk about my immune system. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, when when the cortisol is high, your immune system is actually depressed, also, right? Because it, initially it's up, okay, but right. eventually it depresses. It goes down, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then you end up like me, yeah. Um, where I was six, seven, seven to eleven times a year. Um, and this was after the chronic fatigue wow. and, um, I had, I was, I had massive co-infections. I either mm. had a flu or a sinus infection or a cold and it was constant. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of the last things I was able to restore after my, after I was able to regulate my hormones. I was concerned. I thought I just broke my immune, my immune system. Right. I was like, okay, well that's, and I'm so grateful given that, you know, you know, one of my biggest root causes for the, for the body and for hormones to deregulate mm -hmm. is co-infections, whether mm -hmm. it's bacteria or viruses or yes. whatever. And one of the reasons why, you know, we, we kind of drop this threshold is because of stress. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you brought all of that up because one of the things I do often with clients first off the bat is we, we you know, we do a, run a GI map so we can see what kinds of, you know, underlying infections are going on because, people's immune systems have been in overdrive for so long, you know, and, and because of the stress, right. And then the immunity is just lowered. It's fighting these pathogens all the time. It's dealing with the stress all the time. And particularly in the world that we're living in right now, dealing with the pandemic, you know, it's like, we have to look at our immune systems in a different way, right? Because it's not as simple as all of us. Um, and I've not been against, Taking you know, vitamin D. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, you know, and I've not been against like us uh, quarantining or anything, but there is that point where we have to figure out how to um, support our immune systems better. And that's not a conversation that is being had in, no, it's not. in a big way by the, the powers that be, right? You right. Know? Viruses and bacteria and parasites and, you know, it's all, it's all out there. Yep. And it's really whether your immune system can tolerate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, and what we're seeing so much with this particular virus is our metabolism, our metabolic resilience. Mm -hmm. And really what it all comes down to is inflammation. Mm -hmm. And yes. one of the, yes, it <laughs> 
I'm like, inflammation. <laughs> I mean, and one of the biggest ways that we're creating inflammation is stress. Yep. You know, it is just what it is. And, um, and we've got to look at those. I had a whole episode on, you know, how to boost stress, how to reduce stress to boost your immune system. Mm. Um, because right in particular, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm still in my home. Yeah. Yeah. Not, we, we have been home since February. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there have been definitely been moments of massive stress and anxiousness and mm-hmm. unknown and fear. And, and it's something to be really mindful of because it's not doing your immune system any favors. Exactly. That's the other thing, you know, is, um, how, yeah, the, all of it is like, all of it impacts our immune system, you know, and, and I, I have some friends that are immune compromised because there's a lot of people that are immune compromised. Like, like when people are like, just send out the healthy people. I'm like, Hmm, how many of those do we have in the United States right now? Well, and how many people know that they're healthy? I mean, how many people know yeah. that they've got a autoimmune condition right. under the surface? Right. We don't know we have them typically until we way long down the knows. line. Yeah. yeah. We've had them. And so I mean, but, a lot of people think that they're healthy when yes. stuff is going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's such an uh, important point that I try and bring up to people, but also some people that are in quarantine, you know, they like the amount of alcohol that they drink has gone way up and, and, gluten. I, and gluten. Oh, definitely the foods, you know, but, but I also find it fascinating where I'm like, okay, so you're quarantining to not be around, you know, this thing because of autoimmunity, but like, then you're drinking alcohol like a lot more than you were before, you know? And again, here and there, it's like, it's going to be, it is what it is, but what consistent alcohol every, you know, especially if you're in perimenopause, (laughs) if you're doing that every day at five o'clock, this is not going to be good for your immune system. No. And not, and and where that really shows up and where we speak to, where you speak to that in such eloquence is going to be in the gut Mm-hmm. and in the liver, mm-hmm. you know, and if we're wondering what's going on with the immune system, if you're wondering if stress impacts your digestive system, that would be a yes. Yes. That would be a yes, yes. <laughs> From leaky gut to gut microbiome issues to opening the door for infections, stress is absolutely a gateway mm-hmm. for that as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you, if there were people like questioning us right now, well, how does stress connect to this? Well, I could tell you. How does yeah. stress connect to that? Well, I could tell you. <laughs> It is having an impact on your brain, on your sugar levels, on your liver, on your gut. Stress is stealing pregnenolone, which is your progesterone precursor. You're wondering why you ain't got no progesterone, (laughs) wondering why you have estrogen dominance. Best believe stress is playing a role in that that, um, area as well. And so there's just no, no area where I haven't seen stress, you know, be a detriment. Yeah. Um, that absolutely yeah. plays a role in our hormones yeah. and our gut health and all of it. Oh my God. And just our overall well-being. Yeah. Just how we feel. Yep. You know? Absolutely. You know, just who doesn't want to just, I'll tell you what, feeling good feels a lot better than feeling stressed. <laughs> it's so true. You know, <laughs> I like it more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is kind of getting, um, over, that addiction. And I do want to, we talked a bit about self-care, but what are some other things that you recommend to women to really, you know, start to, to work with their stress in a different way? Absolutely. Well, that first step really is Mm self-awareness. You know, again, you know, all you couldn't have told me nothing, right? you know? And so I just didn't know. And I think if I had heard something, I heard this conversation back then, the ding, 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 I would have started putting the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and if you would have told me, Hey, 
you can actually create success and not destroy your body. Mm. I would have been like, oh, I'm listening. You're like, tell Gosh, me about that. <laughs> tell me about that because I don't know if that's true. Right. Um, you know, but I'm open to open to hearing possibilities. Yeah. Um, I think that first step is really again self awareness um, and. It's not easy to notice. You know, mm-hmm. you you have to notice whether you're using language like "I gotta go, I'm in a hurry, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't stay, um, I got stuff to do, um, I got to do." You know, yeah, like to do, yep. you know. And so, me, looking at that, looking at um, how you feel, um, your physiology, are you feeling res- like constricted? Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you talking fast? Is your heart beating? Are you moving fast? Um, and how are people responding to you? Mm-hmm. That's always a good indicator. Mm-hmm. If your husband's giving you the side eye and he's trying to run the other direction or your partner, there's yeah. a good chance you yeah. are in a stress response system, like yeah. you're in stress response mode. Then it's a matter of changing your physiology. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier than you think. Your body can absolutely... so. Um, with the autonomic central nervous system going from sympathetic to parasympathetic actually is quite fast. Mm. Turning off the hormones, it's a little bit more of a process. You know, our, 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 our central nervous system works very quickly. That's mm-hmm. why if you touch a, a, a hot iron or a curling iron, you're, you, you, you by the time your brain even registers, you pull back. But hormones do take a little bit longer to respond. However, they will respond too. So it, it's either just moving, shaking it off, taking some deep belly breaths, grabbing an essential oil. Essential oils are my favorite mm. ways to take you from 100 to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's a blend or an oil that you love that's that's connected it's really to me it's about sending safety signals to the brain right it's really because right now your brain doesn't think that you're okay right your brain thinks that you're in survival it doesn't whether you're kicking booty or not right that's just where your brain's at it, with it and so grabbing a scent that sends a safety signal to the brain that says everything is okay mm-hmm. really it shuts, it literally downregulates that stress response system. Nice. And we actually have a free gift from you yeah. that is an essential oils cheat sheet. So yeah. people can go to the notes um, of the episode and grab that for sure. So thank you yeah. for offering that to our, our listeners. Absolutely. There's yeah. blends for instant energy because who doesn't need instant yeah. energy? <laughs> yesterday. Um, There's blends for stress and anxiety and there's blends for brain fog. Really just really the things that every day are popping up for us Mm -hmm. as women. You know, you just, that when eventually when the word just poofs disappears, Mm. like you're like, where was most of my sentence just now? Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. That brain fog. So those blends will handle all of that, but it's really just finding something that smells good to you. That tells your brain that everything's good. Mm. Maybe it's a five minute nature walk. Um, maybe it's speed dialing or texting a, a best friend, you know, those are, there's all this little ways to change your physiology. Um, and it's, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, you, if you're saying to me, Dr. Marisa, Christine, I do not know when I'm in that state mm-hmm. I'm pretty much operating there all the time. Then what I also recommend is taking your phone and, um, putting a little chime, not no dogs barking, no <laughs> system, you know, oh my God, when people that, that goes off, I'm like, what are you doing to all of us? <laughs> We're all like, oh, <laughs> yeah, not good. That jolt, that's a stress response mode, right. whether you know it or not. Like that, that feeling, um, I, you know, when people trigger my stress response system, I, I always, I get so mad. I'm like, how dare you? Trigger me. Come in here. <laughs> trying to do that. I was feeling all good and calm. <laughs> 
don't overwork my system. Um, so have it something beautiful, have some little beautiful chime. Maybe it's the water rushing, maybe it's a stream, mm-hmm. get in where you fit in. There's all kinds of sounds out there. Mm-hmm. And every hour on the hour, have it, you know, in near work or wherever you're at and let it go off. It goes off and you just, you just sit and you take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And I have a technique I call the power of the pause where I grab an oil, usually lavender or bergamot mm-hmm. or jasmine or something. I have a little blend in my purse. Or I have it in my office. And um, what I do, I call it the power of the pause because it's it's a quick little meditation. And I I take my oil, I um, put it on my palms, I breathe in, and I hold my breath at for five seconds at the at the top of the inhale, and then breathe all the way out, and then hold it for five at the bottom, Mm -hmm. and breathe all the way in, and just keep repeating. You could do this for five sets or 10 sets, do it for 60 seconds, and what happens is that whether you know it or not, your brain switches tracks from sympathetic to parasympathetic like that. And over time, the more consistent you do this this little breathing technique, and there's lots of ones out there, it's just one of my favorites, your body, your brain automatically begins to reset. And all of a sudden, what may have triggered you, that, that stressor or that deadline, you, all of this, you're just not responding in the same way that you mm-hmm. used to. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're literally changing the way that your brain works. And so I love that little technique. And if just 30 seconds or 60 seconds on the hour, even a week later, you have literally, you have shifted the way that you respond to everyday stresses in your life. I love that. And honestly, as you were doing that, I don't have, you know, my essential oils by me, but like I felt it in my body too, because I do essential oils enough to where just watching you cover your face like that, I'm like, I can smell it too. And doing that breathing, you know, helped me to just kind of like get more into my body. So it's, I think about that, you know, if if you're repeating this exercise that you just showed us, like how your body really just responds to any action similarly to it, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's what a great thing to, to build into your system. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy. Mm -hmm. And that is self-care to me. Mm -hmm. That is self-care. And that is, and it has such such incredible um, long-standing benefits over mm-hmm. time. And then over time, you'll begin to notice. And over time, you'll begin to shift things. And, um, and, and it just, it'll change the way that you, it's, you're just changing your mode of operation. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. all it is. And because um, whether you know it or not, you're, you're operating for some level of mode. And, um, and if we can shift that mode of operation to just coming from a place of being able, you know, life isn't going to get any less stressful. Mm-hmm. You know, and not that we couldn't create something, but your demands, your email list, your text messages, that's a lot of that's not going to change. Right. Um, absolutely. You know, I don't, I'll go into my Gmail right now. There are all kinds of people who need all <laughs> kinds of things from me right this second. And, yep. um, you know, that's not going to change at all. And it, it's just a matter of how we decide to manage those moments. So what, mm. what we decide to do, how we, how we decide to create those boundaries, how, how we decide to, to create our day throughout the day so that we're operating from a place of, of calm. We're operating from a place of, of a place of ease and grace, mm-hmm. not from a place of stress. And I absolutely believe it's 100% possible that you can create, you can create a seven figure business. You can create a big mission. You can raise money for the biggest causes and still 
have ease and grace. Mm. And, and it doesn't have to come from a massively hard place. It doesn't have to come from hustle or grit. You know, it doesn't have to be any of that, the grind, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I inherently believe that you can create what you want and still, and still be able to operate from a mode of operations that's really serving your body. That's so beautiful and so such a message that women need to hear. So thank you for sharing that, you know, man, I feel like I could go on with you for hours. Like there's so many good things, but um, let's let people know how they can get in touch with you and, and what's going on in your world. Yeah. So um, I have a podcast as well that Christine is about to be on. I just recorded her intro outro. <laughs> so, so excited to be able to share your brilliance there. Um, but it's called Essentially You. It's a podcast devoted, it's very similar to Christine's to women's hormone health and really about becoming the CEO of your health. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, especially for, for women, we got to advocate a lot more. I know we talk, you guys talk a lot about that on this show, but really giving the tools to not only take care of your body at home, but then how do we advocate? How do we look for the science? How do we ask the right questions? How do we know what tests to ask for? That's a lot of what we cover on the show. And so that's a great place. And then I've written eight books, you know, working on, no, crazy. On Amazon, you can find the books as well. I have a, my essential oils, hormone solution, um, came out a couple, about a year and a half ago. And so nice. that's nice. Too. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. So we'll put links to that. So everybody can go check those out. Um, thank you so much for being on. There was such a wealth of information that you shared with us today that I think is really going to make connections in in women's minds that you know may have not understood really how stress was impacting all these different aspects of themselves and their entire health. You know, so um, yeah, thank you for sharing your your knowledge and your wisdom. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Christine. Absolutely. All right, you guys. I will see you next time. Have a good one.